This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the show. Later, we're going to be joined by Peace River North MLA Dan Davies to talk a bit about the life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth II, who died yesterday after seven decades as the Queen of the United Kingdom and Canada's head of state. But first, our neighbors in the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality have faced some changes recently thanks to the damage on the Sikkany Chief River Bridge caused by a fatal collision last month. To talk a little bit about Fort Nelson and the area and how the area is faring, I should say, we're joined now by Northern Rockies Regional Municipality Mayor Gary Foster. Gary, welcome back to Moose Talks. Thanks, Dub. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. I really appreciate it. All right. So, well, I was going to say, we'll dive right in. So, as I said, uh, the bridge over the Sikkany Chief River was damaged due to a collision and explosion uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the driver of the truck in the collision sadly passed away. And the damage to the bridge is causing delays in uh, shipping to Fort Nelson and beyond. So, I thought we'd start with just kind of a general sense of uh, how the community has been faring so far, given uh, what's been going on. Well, Dub, we've. Uh... We've had interruptions in mail service and, of course, fuel to the Northern Rockies and groceries are some of the major concerns in the Northern Rockies here. The traffic has had to be diverted up uh, Highway 16 up to um, uh, the highway that goes up to Watson Lake and around, causing about 20-hour delays. So wow. uh, it's, it's been something in the Northern Rockies. But like you said in your introduction there, you know, uh, somebody has lost a life here and uh, – and although the Northern Rockies is being inconvenienced here, uh, it's nothing compared to what uh, the family of uh, that fellow uh, is going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's not just kind of shipping delays. Uh, you know, we we heard stories about empty shelves at the grocery store and you said mail. Uh, the Internet was out for a bit because, as I understand, there's a connection that, that kind of ran uh, as part of the bridge that they had to repair. Yes, and it's not only the Northern Rockies, but that connection also goes all the way to Alaska. So mm-hmm. uh, you can imagine the uh, the disruption in service across all of the north um, through that uh, that fiber optic cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it, it maybe wasn't affecting you in the same way as this, but of course earlier this year there was the uh, landslide that washed out a section of the Alaska Highway, kind of west and north of you, kind of, you know, in the Muncho Lake area. Um, I just wonder if that also kind of had an impact on, uh, you know, your services and whatnot for people who are trying to come back from Alaska. Yes. Well, as you know, we have got a lot of tourism traffic in the summer, and with COVID gone now, we're starting to see more and more tourism through the Northern Rockies mm-hmm. here as uh, Americans travel up to Alaska. And that was that was certainly a disruption. And uh, given the remote area, and the lack of services up there, it caused some problems for tourists. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you have, um, if you can speak to an expectation on a timeline for anything in terms of repairing the bridge and, and kind of ret- returning to a more normal 
uh, flow of traffic and even having trucks being able to cross the bridge again. Do you have any sense of what that might look like? Has any officials with the Ministry of Transportation, whoever it happens to be, uh, have they given you any sense of what uh, that timeline might be? Well, they continue to give us updates, Dub, and uh, what's been happening now is they're checking the bridge to see how much deflection there is with traffic going over it with an eye to increasing the amount of weight that can travel over that bridge. The bridge is damaged. Uh, It's going to have to be replaced at some point. Um, And they're looking at interim measures here that will uh, allow traffic up that highway. Uh But, of course, public safety is of primary importance here. We cannot afford to have, uh, you know, too much weight on that bridge damaging it further. Um, They're looking at all sorts of different options. For instance, they may end up shoring up the, the, the bridge by putting pilings on either side of the, the bridge and putting a beam across and simply supporting the part of the bridge that's damaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also looking at putting in a Bailey bridge, and uh, they're doing this deflection measurement to see if they can get uh, higher weights of traffic uh, going across that bridge. I see. And as you say, though, I mean, it's going to have to be replaced. So anything they do to kind of fix the current bridge is a temporary thing while they then decide what they're going to do by replacing it, I suppose. eh? Absolutely. And there's been several things that have been floated as to how they can, uh, in the interim here, uh, allow traffic. So, for instance, they can more or less put a bridge over the bridge and suspended on the abutments that are undamaged. Um, They may put a Bailey Bridge around, as I said before. So they're looking at all the options. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, the safety of the public is is of primary importance here. Yeah. Well, you said, I mean, there's about 20-hour delays right now. That's kind of in summer, fall weather. Uh, I have to ask, given that winter will be you know, here before we know it. Uh, How concerned are you for those delays being increased through the winter if they don't, um, you know, have a solution really in place before the snow flies? Well, I think the Department of Transport is working very hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. Currently, Dub, 15,000 kilograms can go across that bridge, Mm 15,500, and they're looking at upping that to around 30,000 kilograms, which will allow heavier traffic to go across. Mm -hmm. But there's still um, vehicles that exceed that that are going to have to go around. So, um, you know, they're looking at all their options and they're working, you know, to make sure that they can repair that bridge or get it in a functioning state for heavier traffic as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. We've got kind of to focus so far on sort of the traffic, as you said, tourism, for example, um, you know, shipping mail and, and food and whatnot off the highway. But industry in the area, have, have you been hearing from industry stakeholders about a, a measurable impact to them as well? Well, from uh, the point of view of getting parts, et cetera, et cetera, and moving a large equipment up the highway, this is this is a real problem. Uh-huh. And and sometimes going making a twenty hour route around to get to Fort Nelson uh, is just not viable for them. So yes, it's causing a lot of disruptions in industry in our area. Uh-huh. All right, I wanted to switch gears kind of healthcare, which uh, we've talked about the last few times you've been on. Um, you had a healthcare advocate working for the uh, municipality for some time uh, because you, of course, facing challenges with healthcare delivery and services in the area. I, I wondered if you can give us a quick update on sort of what's happened with that, uh, you know, in the last six months or so. 
Well, as you know, Dub, healthcare is a primary focus of uh, the Northern Rockies here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of our small population, our services are limited here. So, of course, we've been working with Mr. Blackie and, and Northern Health to look at solutions to health care, transportation into and out of the Northern Rockies here for services that we don't provide. Mm-hmm. And the Northern Rockies is going to be announcing shortly, um, probably within the next couple of weeks, uh, a program that will... will um, will help with um, both recruitment and retention in the Northern Rockies. Uh-huh. Uh, so I can't say a whole lot about that until we make the final announcement here, but um, there is going to be some news coming out here shortly. Okay, well, that's uh, definitely good news. And one more story we wrote about in, uh, recently, which was uh, sort of of interest, had to do with, uh, as I understand it, um, council uh, in the municipality decided to uh, extend fire service to some properties, kind of, I guess, just outside of where the fire service used to be, uh, you know, extended to. And I, I've never been to Fort Nelson, so I don't know exactly where they are. But I just want to talk a bit about that, uh, you know, how that came about, because as I understand it, the property owners sort of asked uh, the council to sort of extend the fire service, uh, I guess, protection, whatever you want to call it, to their properties, correct? That's correct. And, um, you know, you have properties that are further and further away from Fort Nelson here, and fire protection becomes more and more of a challenge yeah. as you increase the time it takes. But uh, they did ask for that, and uh, and council passed that resolution Um the property owners out there currently don't pay taxes for pro- fire protection because, of course, they don't have fire protection. Mm-hmm. Now what's going to happen is they will be paying for pro- fire protection and we will be providing that service. But it was largely driven by the, by the, the residents of that, those areas outside of Fort Nelson. So, mm-hmm. Was now, there, like, a, 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 as far as you know, they have like a volunteer fire department beforehand or they just they, they didn't have protection really other than... What they could do themselves. Yeah, they really didn't have any protection before this. And of course, um, you know, the fire protection is is limited in those areas in that you obviously don't have fire hydrants out in your rural areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would just simply be too expensive. So what we've got now is, is we will be providing some fire protection for them. I see. And then I guess fire hydrants are part of that. They'd have to bring a water trucker or something, I suppose, eh? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, and I'm just curious then, like, when council was talking about this, you, you already mentioned kind of how far away they might be, and, you know, there's a limit kind of to how far it can be feasible for firefighters to travel to sort of, you know, for it to be good for everybody, I suppose. So is there sort of a limit that everyone sort of said, well, it would be this much time, and if they were past that, we we wouldn't be able to make this happen for the residents? So when the residents bring something like that to council, we do uh, do an investigation and, yeah. and do a report to find out, you know, whether this is feasible at all. And and that report came back and it was feasible to provide them with some level of protection. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's what we did. I see. Okay. All right. Well, Mayor Foster, I really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. And I look forward to hearing about uh, some good news about uh, health care and uh, hopefully some good news about the Sikini Chief River Bridge in the coming weeks. Thanks so much for doing this today. 
Thank you very much, Dub, for having me. You're very welcome. That's Mayor Gary Foster, the mayor of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality. We'll be right back to chat with Dan Davies, the Peace River North MLA, all about Queen Elizabeth II, right after this on Moose Talks. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Welcome back to the show. Well, as I said uh, just before the break there, uh, Queen Elizabeth II died yesterday. She was 96 years old. She's been Canada's head of state for 70 years. Uh, So to talk a bit about that and her legacy and all that and beyond, we're joined now by Peace River North MLA, Dan Davies. Dan, welcome back to Moose Talks. Morning, Dub. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the Queen passed away yesterday. Um, I think in some way, without being too dark about it, we've all kind of been preparing for this to happen at some point. Um, But I wonder if you could talk a bit about how you're feeling today. I know uh, you're a monarchist. You've met her, I believe, more than once. You know, how are you feeling about it? What What's kind of your thoughts on it? Well, you're you're definitely right. Um, you know, it, it it didn't come as a huge surprise. Yeah. Uh, she was, you know, 96 years old. Uh, she's been in, you know, I guess you would say failing health for the last number of months. Missed a number of uh, huge events that she would normally uh, mm-hmm. attend. In in fact, even. Uh, just the day before she did pass away, uh, you know, she was supposed to be meeting with the new prime minister and, mm-hmm. and you know, doing a, a swearing in there as well. So, um, but nonetheless, uh, as a woman who was Canada's monarch for 70 years, um, uh, a woman that I've met, uh, you know, in, in 2002 on, on her golden jubilee, uh, you know, I, I briefly had a, a another quick meeting with her at uh, the Queen Mum's hundredth birthday uh, back. Oh, I can't remember what year ago that was. Uh, Nineteen ninety, no, two thousand, I think it was mm-hmm. <clears throat> when when uh, when that happened. Um, you know, it's it's nonetheless it's it's it is sad mm-hmm. that uh, that she has passed away because um, if you look at the world. Uh, what has happened in 70 years, the ups, the downs, the conflicts, um, you know, the even how Canada's changed, bringing home our constitution in 1982, uh, you know, breaking us, you know, somewhat away from, you know, the, 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 the colony aspect of it. Uh, but there's always been that one static figure, mm-hmm. that one constant, and that has always been Queen Elizabeth. And, you know, everybody, I would say almost everybody here in Fort St. John, we only know. Queen Elizabeth as mm-hmm. as the monarch. I mean that that is that is who she is. Uh, you know, and and it's a big change now as you start to look forward. And and I just listened to uh, King Charles. He was just uh, made an address on the radio uh, at ten o'clock this morning. So I was listening to that just before I came in here, and uh, you could even hear it in his voice as well. Um, you know, the acceptance uh, that. Uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth has passed away, uh, recognizing, though, that we must not forget her legacy that she's left behind, mm-hmm. but we do need to move forward. Uh, you know, there will be a time of mourning, uh, but we need to flip that page and, and, and what that looks like, not really anybody knows yet. Yeah. I'm going to talk more about that in a second, <clears throat> but I wonder if you could talk a bit about um, the two times you did meet her. What, what were those interactions like? What did you get to say to her and, and what was, what kind of happened? Well, at, at the Queen Mum's, uh, at the Queen Mum's 
uh, birthday. There, the, you know, she did a walkabout yeah. basically, and it was it was nothing more than you know a hello, your Majesty, and you get the bell back. But in mm-hmm. two thousand. Uh, 2002 on the Golden Jubilee. Yeah. Um, I was uh, honored enough to be invited down to the to the legislature to take a group of cadets, and I took uh, I think there was eight of us that went down to Victoria mm-hmm. uh, when she was doing her tour there, <clears throat> and we were part of her greeting line, mm-hmm. uh, reception line, uh, on the front lawn of the legislature. And she was coming down. Uh, you know, of course, she has a huge group of people around her, and she's you know both sides of the sidewalk you know, on the front lawn of the legislature. Um, you know, we're lined up with different, you know, different groups, different organizations. And she walked right by us and she was on the other side. And of course it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, that's too bad. We're not going to get to, you know, get to, get to meet her, but she walked by us and, and then she stopped about, oh, you know, you know, 30, 40 feet down the way. And she turns around and <clears throat> I actually have a picture of her. In fact, I posted on my, my, my Twitter, uh, the the kind of moment she turned around and she's like, oh, and her, her face lights up and, uh, you know, she quite loudly says, oh, the cadets, I, I must go talk to the cadets. Mm-hmm. And she came all the way back and, and you know, spent spent a few moments with each of us as she, as she went down the line and, and spoke to us all and uh, had a chance, you know, and again, you're, you're not having a deep conversation, of course, sure. but, uh, uh, you know, you exchange the formalities and, and uh, you know, how are you doing? Great. How was your visit to Canada? Oh, it's wonderful. And she kind of moves on. But, you know, it, it even that little moment there says a lot that, you know, as she walked by, she didn't have to come back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she saw the young people and, and uh, young people are very important to her. Uh, as is the cadet program mm-hmm. and and anything to do with Canada's military as well. You know, it's it's very important to her. And she came back and um, and and obviously it was a big it was a big moment for the kids that were yeah. there. Uh, big moment for myself uh, again to actually just have that interaction. And and since then, um, well, it even goes back before that. My grandfather was uh, very much uh, a monarchist as well. He was uh, served in the Air Force in the Second World War. <clears throat> very engaged in the Legion. Uh, I followed in those footsteps as well uh, through the Canadian forces as well as in the uh, the Legion. And, um, you know, I've been to the Queen Mum's birthday. I, I went to the Jubilee. I've, uh, I'm a recipient of the uh, Diamond Jubilee Medal for Community Service, which is a great honor that I... Uh, that I have, as well as I attended Kate and William's wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you, you get the opportunity to, um, you know, it didn't meet the Queen that time, but, you know, she's, you know, 20 feet away, yeah. uh, 20 feet away from you as, as, you know, they're doing the walkabouts or you know, actually a few times throughout the couple of days there, uh, you know, we got to see the Queen and, and such. So, uh, you know, it, it is very personal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to, to, to you know, obviously, to, you know, her passing away is... Uh, is expected. It, it is certainly uh, a sad, you know, a sad time for for the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. and you know, it 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 marks the end of a piece of identity. I think that we as Canadians have, that we as British Columbians have as well. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking about this a lot since yesterday. Um, if I can be candid, I'm not a monarchist, uh, at least not in the same way you are, and I've been wondering <clears throat> about how we sort of reconcile Mm -hmm. all the different reactions that people are having to this, you know, sadness, uh, reverie for her, but also the discussion about the sort of waning power of the monarchy, even during her time. And what happens now that King Charles is taking over? What will he be like? 
what's the role of the monarchy in our lives as Canadians. And I think I have to recognize that, of course, she is one of the biggest symbols of colonialism in this country, her and the monarchy. So I wonder if you could speak to just even your thoughts on, do you expect King Charles III to make an effort towards some sort of form of reconciliation in this country that, you know, Queen Elizabeth didn't or or wasn't able to do? Well, I, I think without a doubt he must. Um, you know, the Queen ha- has made a number of uh, changes, moves in, in, in regards to, you know, what reconciliation looks like and, and, and such in Canada and around the world for that matter. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the role of the monarch has dramatically changed over her 70 years uh, in, in Canada and around the world as well. You, you mentioned power. Well, the monarch has no direct power. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly whatever there was it ended in 1982 when, when Canada brought home its own constitution and lifted us out of the BNA. But the, the, you know, the, the other piece of the question is, first and foremost, there, there's, there's going to be these two arguments. They've happened around the Commonwealth and here in Canada. You know, is the monarch, is it worth belonging to the, you know, to the Commonwealth? Is, yeah. it, is it worth having a queen? Uh, what you know, and and so on and so forth. But regardless of what side of that conversation you're on, I, I think both sides will will obviously recognize, you know, Queen Elizabeth was quite an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will be missed, and and it is sad. So I don't think there's anybody that would argue that. Um, now, what King Charles has to do is somehow maintain that unity, mm-hmm. and and I think it is, and and from my perspective, obviously as, as a monarchist, I think the perspective that we need to look at is, you know, while there is issues around colonialism, uh, this is a piece of our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it is, you know, a piece of what makes Canada, Canada. Uh, and, and I think it's important to, to separate us also from our, our neighbors in the United States at what makes us unique. Um, and, and it is also, I think, what makes generally, I, I mean, our government is not perfect, our parliamentary system is not perfect, uh, you know, when across Canada, the, the parliamentary systems in each of the provinces is not perfect. But we have countries from around the world that do come to Canada and look at our system, our constitutional monarchy, and say, wow, that works pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And, and try and look at ways that they can also uh, replicate that system. And, and a big part of that system that we do have in Canada is the monarch. And the systems that are in place from the governor general, to the Senate, that second sober thought, which I think is also very, and we've really seen the importance of, of the Senate over the past couple of years on, on some important bills, uh, right down to, you know, how that plays out in, you know, even my role as a legislator in, in the parliament buildings in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So it, it, well, I think there, you know, and, and we've seen shifts in what the monarch does. I think we will continue to see that shift. Um, and that is going to be, I think, the big role of King Charles is how does he continue to, uh, you know, maintain relevance of the crown in the Commonwealth and throughout the world, uh, as well as recognizing the changing world that we're mm-hmm. in. So uh, there, there's going to be lots of our uh, this will open up the argument again, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth's death. Um, but uh, I, I, I do believe that there is a important role that the monarch still does play in, in Canadian in, in Canadian history, obviously, and in the future. 
All right, Dan. Well, I really appreciate you taking time. I know you kind of found time between a few different meetings and things going <laughs> yeah. on to be here today. So thank you so much for sharing yeah, your thoughts. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. All right. That's Dan Davies, the uh, Peace River North MLA. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Moose Talks. Uh, I want to make sure that you keep up to date on all the local and regional news from around the peace and Northeast BC over at energeticcity.ca. Make sure while you're there to sign up for our daily newsletter and you'll get a quick hit every morning with all the top stories as well as events and contests you can also sign up for our peace politics newsletter dedicated to local politics from around the peace sign up for both today at energeticcity.ca slash newsletter that's the show jordan prentice is the producer of moose talks i'm dub craig be well Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.